in a headline which was tailor-made for this podcast. Authorities in Florida have arrested a man accused of throwing a live alligator through the drive through window of a Wendy's. Well, if you wanted honesty, you have come to the wrong place. This is the Disinformed Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. And that headline link is in the show notes. <laughs> that actually exists. The question is whether or not the staff said, Excuse me, sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> John, what <laughs> were you doing in Florida? Not the wildlife sanctuary drop-off that you expected. That is the second funniest thing that I've heard today. The first funniest was texted to our uh, band chat from our drummer. Uh, and this is topical. Well, it's topical as of this recording. Uh, but our drummer texted us and said, So Rush Limbaugh died despite being pro-life, which is pretty fucking hypocritical, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Amen. so there's one more monster dead, so... <laughs> I fucking love it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm tickled that, by that. That made me laugh almost as hard as the meme that I shared with you guys with the person picking up the basketball. <laughs> that oh, this motherfucker's spitting. <laughs> oh. but is I'm, it... I'm not even giving partial credit for that. What? You didn't like the meme? No, that oh. did not amuse me at all. Not even a... Sympathy I, chuckle? You, no, you got an eye roll from me. <laughs> that one. I will take the eye roll as acceptance. That's what your wife did for years, I'm sure. <laughs> it was her version of the I do. <laughs> the eye roll, yes. Michael, you made a joke. It's oh, the first time in man. months. Uh-huh. I have my but, moments. John, was it as funny as the very secret text message I sent you yesterday? There is some payoff that is going to be coming down the uh, the line, and I cannot wait. And yeah, you uh, you broke my brain yesterday. <laughs> I'm glad that we have a secret. Well, all in due time, I uh, love. Those divorce papers are are going to be filed <laughs> soon, I guess, and so uh, that I can move in and marry Jonah that's finally right. after all these years of wanting and waiting. All I can ask is, will this have payoff for the listeners? Because we have to occasionally think about them. Oh yeah, oh, big payoff. Will. Okay, cool. You heard that, folks? All three of you. Five hundred million. <laughs> so we're gonna see whether or not Michael has gotten his shots recently, and that'll be good for all involved parties. But hey, folks, welcome so, back. Do they get the the alligator back? I mean, or do they just leave it in the store? I'm not. He's not taking your fucking turn, dude. <laughs> I'm not renting it shoes. They actually just turned it into chicken nuggies. Would you would you like me to read the uh, the story for you? Yeah. So we just avoid the whole Okay. So the headline technically is Assault with a Deadly Weapon. <laughs> Florida man charged with throwing alligator into Wendy's. This is by Niraj Choshki or Chokshi and Sarah Larimer. So apparently this takes two, but this is from the Washington Post. Where democracy okay. dies, dies in darkness. In darkness. <laughs> yes. Gets me every time I read that. 
Uh, so, authorities in Florida have arrested a man accused of throwing a live alligator through a restaurant drive through window. <laughs> Investigators identified this individual of Jupiter, uh, Jupiter, <laughs> Jupiter, <laughs> of Jupiter, Florida, as the man who tossed the three-and-a-half-foot reptile into a Wendy's last fall, according to a Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission incident report. He faces three charges related to the incident, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, unlawful sale, possession, or transporting of an alligator, and petty theft. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Why the petty theft? Because he was, he was wielding it as a weapon to try and steal. Or maybe he stole, maybe alligator theft is petty theft. Give me a Baconator. <laughs> or maybe the alligator stole on his behalf. How old is oh. that story? Is that from today? Is that from this week? Uh, this was published February 9th of 2016. Okay, I was going to say, because it sounds familiar. Like, I feel like I've heard, but again, that could be any other Florida headline. Exactly, mm -hmm. any Florida man headline. They all kind of blend together sometimes. But, uh, all right, so the driver, wearing a baseball hat backward, arrived at the drive through window to receive a large drink. <laughs> Just before 1.30 a.m. on October 11th, according to the report's summary of surveillance footage. While the attendant has her back to the window and is at her register, the male driver reaches across the inside of his vehicle in the passenger area and throws an alligator from his vehicle into the drive through window. Uh, a photograph in the report shows the alligator flat with its legs splayed on the fast food restaurant's <laughs> kitchen floor. <laughs> Uh, an officer responding to the incident captured the alligator, taped its jaws shut for safety, and <laughs> fucked it until it couldn't move anymore. <laughs> Bullshit. I don't think he taped its mouth shut. I thought <laughs> yeah. he wanted to use the mouth. Can you even come without hearing alligator moans? <laughs> exactly. Uh, that tail, though. Uh, <laughs> no, he released it into a nearby canal along with his spunk. It's pronounced uh, sea anal. And Marty Jannetty's <laughs> former co-worker from 1973. <laughs> uh, all this does is give uh, information about the average female American alligator, which grows to be over eight feet in length, and I don't particularly care. So Washington I Post, you need to give us a little better resolution than this. I mean, it's only been like six years. Yeah. So. Fuck. Come on. But in any event. That is, uh, that's what grabbed my eye as I was looking for strange headlines the other day, <laughs> and it just so happened to be a Wendy's. And how? It's perfect. He got the biggie fries. Good price. Yes, Worth indeed. Mm -hmm. So anyway, how's everybody doing this week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so guys, how you doing? Uh, uh, oh. Cool, nobody gives a fuck. Anyway, Courtney... <laughs> You are going to be uh, presenting a topic today, I hear. I am. That's the rumor. That's the rumor. And I wrote this all yesterday. I pulled a, a full John. So if it's incoherent, John wrote it. Not letting you get away with a statement a full, like that. A full that. John is not hold, even hold having on. a topic. I, no, I, I got one better. John will take several weeks to write this, to write a paper and then forget about it and then present it like a month into the future. No, um, the Google I Doc will... breaks. Oh, yeah. That's Sorry, fair. guys. I would, I would love to present. It's just that I didn't do any work or prep. And yeah. uh, Google, uh, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, he... He, he killed my document. I'm just going to say, though, if you're going to pull a full John, you need to get a fucking tetanus shot afterwards, okay? Oh, it's God. dangerous territory. 
No one goes full John. You don't go full John. That's a good Not point. Not even John goes full John. Yeah. But I uh, would say, sorry to be more insulting, Courtney, that uh, you pulled a me because I've written several papers. I don't uh, ever want to pull you, Michael. Uh, yeah, please stop trying to foist your fan fiction into this, Michael. <laughs> she actually wants to push away. I just want people to read it. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I love it. So Ooh. only once you learn to go deeper. I mean, if you want me to. He tried on the last fan fiction, and uh, we all scoffed heartily. <laughs> I, I cannot go deeper. I, Neither I can I. as deep as I can. Not enough mm. pee-pee for that maneuver. Nope. Anywho, what we usually do on the uh, in the midst of this infernal podcast is we will delve into a random esoteric topic, and in the course of explaining it to one another, we will leaven the occasional lie in just to keep things interesting. It is then incumbent upon the co-hosts to separate the fact from fiction in a game where no one wins because the points do not matter, and no one could conceivably better their circumstances through any action perpetuated here today. Correct. So why bother? So all that said, <laughs> take it away, Miss Courtney. What are we chatting about today? Well, great. So I I listened to a podcast called uh, The Bananas Podcast. Basically, they just read funny news stories. So very much. about bananas. I yes. was hoping that I would have loved a banana. Well, I could see the appeal. It's exactly. It's perfect. <sighs> oh. It's so funny. Michael, don't give credence to that stop um it was bad <laughs> i had to at least ca- i had to at least say that it was bad uh you are no benchmark for quality here fuckface so i just want to <laughs> note that on the record i like how hot shane is today <laughs> i don't do puns that's my you're one punishing thing. me just by being here <sighs> shane is brandishing the fuck sword today and he is uh, he's gonna get his justice oh, how did man. you uh, how did you get started on this podcast fuckface yeah, how'd you get a job here, you fuckface? <laughs> Anywho, Courtney, so please. So you listen to the banana podcast. Yeah, so I listened to, and they they briefly, this is a, it's based on a New York Times article that was like nine pages long, and they don't go that in depth. They read the headline, they give the cliff notes, it's very funny. And so I was like, I need to read this article, and I need to tell you guys about it, because it's mm-hmm. very funny. Um. So we have a couple different, there's a lot of different topics within this topic, but mainly we're talking about the color-changing bees in Brooklyn. Uh, today I have four lies for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to start out um, with everyone's favorite celebrity lawyer crush, mayor, former mayor of New York, Rudy Giuliani. Ooh, okay. I am. I'm now peaked. Uh, I mean, his, my interest his... is peaked. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> the only lawyer whose hair runs as fast as his clients. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, just his stupid time as mayor. Uh, a lot of people actually really liked him as mayor. He won awards. He was the Times Man of the Year in two thousand and one. Like, well, yeah, he was, he was he was the mayor of New York City during nine eleven. Like, no matter what you do, you're you're gonna be kind of like regaled as a hero if you just show up there, right? But you know, he also so he's like me. He did the minimal <laughs> amount of effort. <laughs> exactly, exactly like you. And so I so guess I'm a fuckface too. You get an award. Here's your trophy. Uh, you have you've also been caught on camera trying to have sex with a 13 year old. So <laughs> there's that a lot of parallels. Is not in fact true. 
and you oh, can't I'm prove sorry. it. Oh, I'm sorry. They just that got was the audio. Lie. <laughs> <laughs> that was pulled from Onlyfans. And it was Michael, not a real girl. <laughs> sorry, Michael, I pretended you to be a 13-year-old girl. Michael, child. if you dressed up as a girl, I'd, f- I'd try and fuck you. Aww. I appreciate that. He does it that, every day. You. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Only because that goatee turns me on. Ooh. That's what I was thinking about when I was smashing those buttons on the intro. That guy's got more bangs than a fucking 80s music video happening right now. <laughs> yeah, tune in to Disinformed After Dark to see the floof. <laughs> the floof is strong today. <sighs> you were saying about yeah, uh-huh. uh, Mayor Fuckface? About Michael's celebrity crush, uh, Rudy Giuliani. Um, so basically during his reign <laughs> as supreme ruler of New York City, um, he did, you know... Some- Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he did some some okay things, depending on who you talk to. Um, but he also did some just stuff that just pisses me off. He vetoed a bill that made owning ferrets legal. Um, and so he was quoted as saying that the excessive... Is that cons- bullshit? No. The, the ferret? No. Because you've mentioned this before. For She's very, very passionate about ferrets. Okay. I'm very yeah. passionate about small furry creatures. Mm-hmm. And they should pass uh, the inability to own them. I am exactly. glad you tried to uh, ferret that lie out there, Michael. But <laughs> I, I tried, but it scampered away. Oh. Um, he basically was quoted during this time of vetoing this bill. He was quoted as saying that basically legalizing owning ferrets in the city was akin to legalizing tigers and stated that the success of concern with little weasels is a sickness and you should get help. That's true, isn't it? It is absolutely true. I can see him saying that. If the guy was trying to call for trial by combat during one of his speeches, (laughs) I can see him comparing ferrets to tigers. Yeah, it's the same. Um, he also really hated homeless people and, like, would do whatever he could to, like, get them off the streets, but just to, like, hide them for, like, the, you know, like, view of the city. And, um, he was super Here's against... The... What? Sorry. I just picture him, like, handing blankets to people and be like, whenever someone walks by, just cover yourself. Just, just, just be off to the side. Wow, Sorry. Michael, that was a really funny bit. No. I, I went further than that. I thought you were talking about them being riddled with pox or something. I was like, man, darkest oh. timeline. <laughs> that would have been better. The government's been known to do that sort of thing, so. True. In addition to that, he was also really against freedom of speech. Shocking. Um, But perhaps the worst thing he ever did was ma- as mayor was he banned beekeeping in 1999 in the city of New York. I agree with it. Fuck bees. <laughs> You're not going to like Whoa. this at all. <laughs> Whoa. That was a bit extreme there. Wait, what is your beef with bees? Huh. Do I have to retell the story? What story? How they uh, tried to invade my house aggressively? I thought she listened to every episode, so, I mean, she should have known this. It was literally my worst nightmare. Like, it's straight out of a nightmare. They there was a problem with our next door neighbor. A hive, the a hive was started in our shared wall, uh-huh. and then they started infesting into our actual house. And I woke up one morning, and Becky was like, "You don't want to come out into the like, you don't want to come out of the bedroom because she knows that I am very very scared of bees." Um, and I was like, "Why? How bad is it?" And I opened the door, and it was like straight up a horror movie level of bees inside my house. 
like swarming the skylight. Like there was a, a trail of de- of bees that had crawled out from underneath a light panel switch and then crawled out to try and die. So there was like a line of bees from my front door to my patio door. It was terrifying. I'm triggered. Tell me more about this hero. <laughs> You're going to love this. Who tried to get rid of all bees. Yeah. I guess so we should do a trigger warning. Apparently. Uh, <laughs> bee trigger warning. Uh, New York bees have the neon disease. Oh, man. <laughs> the arsonist had oddly shaped feet. Indeed. <laughs> this law that he put in place in 1999 would actually not be overturned until more recently in 2010, because my brain says 2020 is recently, even though it's absolutely not. Um, but if, basically, this leads us into our true topic, which, as I mentioned before, is the color-changing bees. Um Basically, once the bee ban was lifted, we started to see a lot of small hives pop up by hobbyists on the rooftops of different buildings, whether that be apartments. Some of them were like hotel restaurants that had small gardens um, because you can't really grow shit if you don't have pollinators. It's not how things work. Yeah. Michael. (laughs) Michael wouldn't know how to pollinate. I try. (laughs) But I'm not allowed in some places now because of it. So basically, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, sk- not, I'm, I'm skipping trying, that. We're keep. We're I'm trying too hard. I'll tone it back. It's more fun to, even if I think your joke is funny, to let it fall just to see your face search for laughter. Wait, hold on. Like your me... eyes get hopeful for a second, and then they die, and it gets me. Hard. I'll, I'll harken back to the old Michael standby. Pollinate. Damn near killed her. (laughs) (laughs) Pollination Uh, jokes. It's funny. (laughs) We have fun around here. (laughs) I disagree. I try. (laughs) Shane will quit any moment now. We're just waiting for it. I'll end this call. (laughs) (laughs) His finger's been hovering on the quick key for for minutes. I'll turn this call around, I swear. I will come come through this screen. Oh, no. (laughs) He, he, she... Come comes. <laughs> One particular beekeeper uh, by the name of Ceres Mayo uh, was featured in this New York Times article that I referenced mostly throughout this whole story. Um, had multiple hives that had this ideal setup. She had um, basically there's a little island off of Brooklyn called the Governor's Island. So she had bees there, and they had an urban garden set up there. And then she had some other hives that also were adjacent to urban gardens. And so as she was kind of managing these small farms, um, she noticed that some of the bees started to start changing color. They were taking on this like very vibrant orange hue um, that was not common to bees. Like you don't, you were used to those fuzzy little guys that are black, yellow stripes, but they were turning bright orange to the point where like at sunset they would glow. And so... Basically, they more and more of the bees started coming back in this like orangey hue and the honey started to turn bright red. And they were like, okay, something is clearly going on here. Like, what are these bees going to eat? What are they finding? And so her first initial thought was they must have found like a sumac plant, um, which if anyone's familiar with the herb sumac, um, it is a red flowering plant. And so it's possible that the nectar that they were getting could be red, which was why it was changing them to an orange hue. 
Um, as fate would have it, she was not the only beekeeper in the area that was starting to get red honey produced by their hive. Um, another local keeper actually decided to take samples of the honey and send it off to a lab. And what they found was very large amounts of red dye number 40 in the honey, huh. which as all of we know, it's not a natural product. It's not really good for us, and it's not really good for bees. Can I take a brief pause to say this woman's name was Sirius Mayo? Sirius Mayo, yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Okay. I'm just fascinated because so, I want to order that on my next sandwich. Yeah, Areola Mayo. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? So, and this will be more relevant later, but Sirius actually means cherry in French. And this is going to be important to the story later on. Okay. All right. A portmanteau, in fact. In fact. So. Indeed. Yes. Quite. Verily. <laughs> is the is the red dye number five bullshit, just since we've had a pause as well? No. No. It, it is. There was actually red dye number 40 found in the honey okay. samples. Yeah. That's um, not good. No. <laughs> I mean, if it was Man, Red Die 39. Watching you troubleshoot a problem must be really fun. <laughs> it sounds like what you're doing isn't really the right thing to go about. Maybe you should try and not do that. Have you tried unplugging the bees and plugging them Plug back, back in? in. <laughs> I think I've said that to my students before, yes. When you were not coercing the them? Well, yes. Yes. And clip that, you're a monster. <laughs> Does anyone want to take a stab at what the bees could have been eating that was really high in red dye number 40? John's Poop. asshole. Good guess. I stand by my statement. Good guess. Peppermint. No, that... Candy. Peppermint? What the fuck? I don't know. Candy. That was the first thing I thought of. It's candy. The, candy uh, factory. The, the red wave <laughs> off of the shores of San Diego. Good guess. Good guess. What do you got? Maraschino cherries. Maraschino cherry. Okay. Oh, she's in on the conspiracy. Her first name is French for cherries. <laughs> it all makes sense now. That actually just happened to be a very funny um, coincidence. Coincidence? Yeah. I it, think not. Mm. <laughs> but the real question is, where were the bees getting this sweet, delicious ingredient that is the topper to everyone's favorite sundae and the bottom of everyone's favorite mocktail? Well, how about the maraschino cherry factory that was literally two miles away? Um, so they came to find out mostly via reports of neighbors that were like, holy shit, there's a lot of bees hanging around our factory now. Like somebody should do something about this. You know, they were John. They didn't like bees. Fuck bees. <laughs> um, so this this factory was called Dell's Maraschino Cherry Company. Um, they... Basically, like, the bees had a gorgeous setup. It, they had all the nectar they could ever want. It was, like, five-star dining experience near their hive. And like all of us, they chose the Taco Bell of food and would hang out at the maraschino cherry plant to basically slurp up any leftover cherry juice that they could get their hands on. Um, so naturally, having all those bees and turning that factory into the bee watering hole of the century was not ideal for the factory owner. Um, his name was Arthur Mondella. Um, so he actually called and hired the New York City Beekeepers Association leader, 
which who knew that only after a year of making bees legal that this guy had, I don't know if he's self-appointed. I didn't really do a lot of research on him, but he was, you know, the beekeeper association leader. And so it turned out that solving this issue was actually really easy. You just kill all the bees. Be cleaner. <laughs> oh. No. Oh. <laughs> uh, basically, they implemented some screens on some different areas so the bees couldn't get in. And they uh, went through and they were doing a better job of keeping things clean so the bees didn't have any reason to try to come scavenge there. So the moral of the story is if you want a factory to become cleaner for the environment, you just unleash a horde of bees. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Keeping that in mind. <clears throat> Taking notes. Are you going to release a horde of bees, Michael? If I find a factory that is in dire need of being more clean, then yes. I will keep that in mind. Okay. So they implement all these things. The bees are now barricaded from their cherry endeavors, and everything was good and fine. Like, the story could have ended there, except it wasn't good and fine because consumers were like, we want to try this red honey. Like, that sounds delicious. Honey mixed with maraschino cherry juice. And then also local bartenders had caught wind that that was happening, so they started to, like, write recipes for, like, this is going to be our new hot, like, summer cocktail. And the bee producers were like... No, like, this is bad for the bees. We're not doing that. And so they were just like, no more. Um, the beekeepers in the area were all really impressed that Arthur Mondella simply just paid the expert to help secure the factory um, instead of coming after them because they had really only been legal to own bees for a year. And so he very easily could have said, this law was just overturned. Like, this should still be illegal. Why do I have to pay for this? But he didn't. Um, he actually just went ahead and took that upon himself. And so Mr. Mandela actually turns into the main character of our story because Ooh. the bees, that's one thing, but what he's got going on is way more interesting. So it turns Sex out- Sex dungeon? <laughs> I mean- It always comes to that. Why not? It's natural progression. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they're manufacturing heavy water in this little, uh, you know, cherry factory. Yeah, hold on to that thought. <laughs> That's my next segue into the next topic. Good. We're going to finish with heavy water. It's going to be great. I'm really excited. <laughs> uh, so basically, uh, Arthur Mandela is actually the third generation owner of this factory. Um, his father had come over, or his grandfather had come over from Spain, and then... Basically, he had been a baker, and he was just like, I'm sick of baking. I want a job that's easier. They had emigrated to the States. Arthur's father was born, and so they had developed this secret recipe for maraschino cherries. And then they found out that, like, it takes just as much work as baking for some reason. And so they never got a day off anyway, so it didn't matter. <laughs> and so... I'm uh, I'm calling America. bullshit on the recipe. <laughs> What, what do you mean the recipe? They, they didn't come up with a secret recipe for maraschino cherries. They absolutely did come up with a secret family recipe for maraschino cherries that involved cold curing them so that they would not lose their snap compared to some cheaper brands that would basically boil the cherries in the syrup. Oh, snap. <laughs> That's a good guess, though. Wow. Well. So anyways, they essentially 
Traditional maraschino cherries actually aren't really served that often anymore because initially maraschino was an Italian liqueur that they would soak the cherries in. But because of prohibition and because of the stigma around alcohol, they found other ways to achieve a similar flavor without the alcohol in the cherries. And so they developed this recipe. They set up a factory in New York. and This was the family business. Okay. Lost my place. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so essentially, Arthur, he didn't want to work in the family business. He actually had a degree in finance. Um, he was trying to strike it big other ways. Um, but when his father passed away, he felt like, you know, as any good son would, that he needed to go and run the family business. <laughs> and sleep with his father. <laughs> no, that's John. Real men fuck their dads. And vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> Real dads fuck men. Yeah, uh, that's... He, he didn't stutter. I stand by my <laughs> statement. <laughs> There's so, a lot of father fucking going around here. I saw a tattoo that made me think of you, John. There's this show on Hulu. It's called... just literally a dude fucking another dude. Yeah, it's no, it's Daddy better. Knows best. There's a show on Hulu called Tattoo Fixers Extreme, and this guy oh, came shit. in with this tattoo on his ass. That had an arrow and it said, Dad touched me here, and it just pointed to his asshole. And I was like, Oh my God, John, what are you doing on the show? No. Tried really hard to have a father, but all I got was a daddy. <laughs> you uh. damn right. <laughs> Did you find your spot yet? So after he fucked his dad, yeah, after he fucked his dad, yeah, yeah. he had to keep the family company to, of popping yeah, cherries. Exactly. Perfect. And so, so they're cherry popping daddies, is what you're saying. No. I'm glad that you guys are finally getting to the juicy bits of this topic. It takes us a while to find them, unfortunately. But the it's... glowing bees and the cherry popping daddies. There's your there's, there's your, your title, headline. Michael. So being Don't test me, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Being the savvy businessman that he was from his background in finance, he worked really hard to implement a lot of automation into the factory because at the time it wasn't being as used as it could be. Uh, but at the same time, his employees mattered a lot to him. A lot of the people who worked in the factory had been there for a long time. And he was also known for hiring ex-cons um, and even homeless people. And he would provide them with uh, cash advances on their checks so that they could buy food or put a house over their family like he was just a really great guy i'm calling bullshit on the homeless people because you can't find them in new york they're hidden <laughs> yeah they have that magical uh elvish blanket that makes them camouflage <laughs> the yeah. cloak of invisibility yeah. yeah no he he was a really big proponent of there was like a guy that was living near the factory and needed a home and needed work and he Took the guy in and helped him out and got him on his feet. He, he lived just... in the factory and worked 24-7. I, I mean. Until he was killed by bees. <laughs> Help is subjective. bees. <laughs> he was breathing, right? So he was healthy. <laughs> I'm feeling much better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just a flesh wound. <laughs> Did you just throw a sixth sense uh, quote out at me here? No, mine was Python. Okay. Mine was a grail reference. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I went I, with the classic, which is Shyamalan. Not to <laughs> derail us at all, but I have never seen the Sixth Sense front to back. I've seen probably like, 
you know, little dead scenes people. here and there. But I've never, yeah, I've seen <laughs> dead people, but I've never seen the whole movie ever. I, I don't I think mean, it would hold up. Uh, it, it's still entertaining. I mean, if you know the conceit of the film, it kind of spoils the whole point of it. Yeah, but, you know, that's kind of where I, where I've been. Once it was spoiled, right. I was like, eh, all right, well, there's right. two hours. It's not bad. Yeah. Anywho, continue. So Arthur, great guy, runs Cherry Factory. That's what we know about him. So basically, when the Red Bee scandal started kind of coming to light and they were making the red honey, they basically, it gave local law enforcement an opportunity that they had been waiting for. Because, you know, local law enforcement in New York has literally nothing better to do. Mm -hmm. So they had been waiting to confirm whether or not the smell of pot was actually coming from the factory because they kept receiving reports from local apartment complexes that like, there's like weird cherry smell mixed with pot, like what's going on. And some of them chalked it up to like, there's a lot of ex-cons that work there. Maybe they're just enjoying their breaks. Like who knows? Secret is family recipe. Is the, is, the weed subplot, is the weed subplot bullshit? It's not. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And so basically like the – and a local postal worker who was their local like regular mailman, he basically said like, hey, like I think they're growing marijuana in this cherry factory. And so the police tried really hard to like covertly figure this out. So they would like casually walk drug sniffing dogs past the factory and they were – but the dogs never confirmed oh, just anything. Just taking a stroll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Gotta walk my dogs. Canines need breaks too. <laughs> Don't mind my very large German shepherd. <laughs> and his he best. only bites if you're a filthy drug addict. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's and only sniffing your butt if you're smuggling drugs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that and he's also been experimenting at home, but that's another that's another topic for another time. It's funny, you know, you see the dog sniffing cocaine and it's like, I can't taste my ass anymore. He <laughs> <laughs> goes back to his little doggy home and he oh, just God damn takes, it. takes oh, no. off the little canine vest, looks at himself in the mirror, and he's like, You used to be a good boy. What happened? Oh, no. And then he sniffs a big line of fucking coke off of the kitchen sink. <laughs> now you're all strung out. Bitches won't take you anymore. You used to solve cases and win races. What happened to you, Kevin? <laughs> now you just got rabies and scabies. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> He's got like two dog prostitutes in the bed. K69. <laughs> That's how he pays for his coke habit. <laughs> Sniff it, lick it, and stick it. Get down there, Kevin. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I think we found Galrillo Gondo's sidekick. <laughs> Canine Kevin. Oh, no. <laughs> the coke sniffing dog. <laughs> <laughs> you could you could cut some of this down if you need to save it for time. I'm gonna cut down the excessive laughing. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. 
Everything else is gold. I ain't cutting that just, shit. No, just cut <sighs> out the cut out my talking and just leave the laughing. Just... <laughs> I was going to say just... one of the most infectious moments of listening to a podcast is hearing other people laughing. Ultimately, Ooh. in many instances, I find just hearing the other people laugh makes me somehow find the stuff funnier and. So yeah, you know, there you go. You should do uh, you should do two cuts. There should be a cut where <laughs> you leave all the laughing in, and there should be a B cut where you leave none of the laughing, and it's just dry. Just delivery. the whole episode is not funny. <laughs> go through. I mean, like, that's like any a noise. episode I deliver. <laughs> yeah, you just go through and you uh, you gate out all the laughter in the entire episode, so it's bone dry, and there's no fun anywhere. Oh God, that like, that would be a bitch to listen through i wouldn't do that just for my own effort well it's just like kevin after years of systematic abuse you have no taste any longer fair enough all right now that we're done with k69 <laughs> poor kevin sniff it or it's a he ticket. couldn't he couldn't find the marijuanas so kevin got laid off you know as one is to do <sighs> and how so is he gonna his afford habit? his habit now <laughs> He's got three kids from his exchange ex-wife. <laughs> and that was He's just getting the one too old for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> but as we all know, what what do the police do when they can't get you on one charge? They find another one. They shoot you when one. your back is turned. <laughs> Fair. Oh, that's a big oof from me, good sir. <laughs> <laughs> my views don't reflect the entire views of the disinformed podcast no they can reflect mine i just gotta hey. oof to that some of us they shoot in the mouth and it's a different arrangement <laughs> kevin <laughs> do i smell peanut butter so hey, yeah like uh... like uh, what john said they uh they slap you with a different charge that's yeah, it's, that's exactly what I said. The legal, the exactly legal way to, to to handle things. Kevin, Shot your you mouth in the back smell. with the laws. <laughs> Kevin, your mouth smells like weed and cherries. What the fuck you been doing, man? <laughs> okay, so they got him on a different charge. They revoked their liquor license. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! So basically. The police were still, like, scratching their heads like, ah, oh, shit, we wanted to get them on the drug charges, but don't worry, we'll stick these environmental investigators on them for illegal water dumping in the sewer. Same, same. Okay. And so that is enough to get a warrant to raid the factory, guns blazing. And so basically, there are officers from the Department of Environmental Protection, the New York City Police Department, the Brooklyn District's Attorney's Office, that all came to the factory to figure out if they were illegally dumping wastewater. This seems like overkill to me, honestly. A little bit. Like, who cares? Nope. They could have brought in a SWAT team as well, just to, just to make sure. Maybe two or three. <laughs> they brought in Kevin, they have the SWAT team. Oh, Kevin, no. <laughs> he was one day from retirement. Kevin. <laughs> he deserved better. Kevin. He sniffed his, sniffed his fucking life away. Oh. <laughs> so they're raiding the factory, guns blazing, like, it was intense and way overkill. And so while this is all happening... Arthur becomes more and more irritable. He's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this is ridiculous. 
like investigate the water, but then get the hell out of here. We're not doing anything wrong. Right. And so basically they're exploring the warehouse, they're checking everything, and then they start moving some shelves around. And so under one of the shelves that they move, they find a cellar door. And that's when he just loses it. And so he's just basically like, I got to go. And he goes and he locks himself in the bathroom. And so his sister, who also works at the factory, is like, hey, like, Arthur, like, come out. What are you doing? Oh, no. So then he um, he tells her, take care of my kids. And then trigger warning, he keeps a pistol on his ankle and takes his own life. What the shit? No. <laughs> yes. No. Yes. Wow, so he painted the walls red inside of a cherry factory? Yes. <laughs> it wasn't a joke. It was just that is, a uh, question. That is an intense sex dungeon. I think the sex dungeon's about to be un- unveiled here. <laughs> yeah. That's cellar what I'm it- door, please. Unless you've seen it's Evil Dead, door. and then it's just uh, a creepy bitch in the basement just waiting to poke her head out. <laughs> You're gonna die, dear. Um, Seven days. Good try. So yeah, he um, he decided that he wanted to be no more. And what was in the basement, you might ask? Yes. Not a sex dungeon, unfortunately. Aww. Um, but how about... Secret bees. <laughs> That would have been really entertaining, too, but um, how about 2,500 square feet of hydroponically grown marijuana? Oh. Huh. <laughs> that's the boring answer. Um, I wanted, like, a sex dungeon or bees no, or both. That's a lot of marijuana, <sighs> by the way. Your mind really troubles me sometimes, Michael. It troubles me all the time. Yes, that is hey, a lot of weed. When, remember when Michael smoked pot that one time? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I could tell the story in the After Dark. No. Anyway, so they also found 130000 in cash, um, a copy of the World Encyclopedia of Organized Crime. That's bullshit. And No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd. I didn't, I didn't know that was a Michael book. would do. But exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. How to be a criminal. <laughs> I wanted to look that up, actually. How to be a criminal for dummies. Yeah. No, no, the World Encyclopedia of Crime. I already have How to Crime for Dummies in my bookcase. You mean cry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. That's why we kept bees. They're already dressed for prison. <laughs> I, I like, like little bees in jumpsuits. That's adorable. Got chains around their legs. <laughs> Working the chain gang. <laughs> little hats. <laughs> Swinging a little sledge. Busting rocks. <laughs> Oh, no. They're, like, making license plates. And by that, I mean the cocaine that Kevin's snorting. Oh. It's all intertwined. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And then also attached to this basement uh, was a secret garage where he kept his vintage cars, a Bentley, a Rolls Royce. Is he fucking Batman of cherry companies? How many secret things does he have? So no one would have noticed. How did they get cars down there? You'd have to have, like, a giant driveway to get cars into a secret <laughs> sub-basement of a building. I just picture him driving through the, the fucking factory like, Oh, don't mind me just taking this Rolls Royce for a spin. Woo! So, uh, cars are bullshit? No! 
<laughs> and it gets fuck? better. As part of as part of his secret double life, there were other reports that said he had this boat that he would go out on and to maintain his coke habit, and he had this former penthouse model that was his girlfriend, and he was just like he had this whole double life. Wow. And all this time, like, his two oldest daughters were working with him at the factory. They had no clue. Okay, so I do now have to ask, do they address who helped him grow all that weed? Because, I mean, you made a good point. You said it was like 24,000 square feet. Yeah. so That's there, a lot. There's some yeah. speculation that his ex-brother-in-law, so he'd been married like three or four times, who had been arrested on drug charges multiple times, had been involved somehow. But there was really, the investigation never really found out how he was selling, who he was selling to, and who was involved. Like, the way he had everything set up was, like, nearly airtight. Huh. If they hadn't found the cellar door, like, he'd been fine. Wow. It wasn't B-tight, unfortunately. It wasn't B-tight. I mean, I guess Kevin really was bad at his job. Really bad. That's a lot of weed to me. I understand. He, he put the wrong emphasis on drug sniffing dog. That's it. He's like, yeah, I found drugs. I'm not supposed to say anything about it, right? <laughs> Actually, I Kevin kept was them all for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kevin was like pro legalized marijuana and was like, fuck the police. <laughs> It's like, fuck myself. <laughs> the cops all like, Kevin, do you sniff any weed? And he's like, I ain't no snitch. That's <laughs> not how you take it, asshole. You smoke it. <laughs> His dicks don't know nothing. <laughs> Fucking squares. <laughs> now hand me that heroin. <laughs> I mean, I guess. a dog trying to light a lighter. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, if the coke had been on premises, maybe Kevin would have found it because that's more his up his alley. But the coke was on well, the boat, so nasal or anal. I mean, either way, he 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 gets his drugs. Fair enough. He always gets his guy. <laughs> okay, so he has a Batman lair. He had like his family had no idea. No idea, and so clearly he's gone from this world now. Um, if he had actually just. Uh, faced his fate um in reality he probably would have spent three years in jail possibly only got probation and would have been slapped with some fines like the why he killed himself honestly to his family just still doesn't make sense because yes it was a big secret but when you were as wealthy as he was it really wasn't gonna be that big of a deal yeah but i mean then you have to reset up your double life i mean the whole thing's just fucking ruined yeah. yeah, you'd have to dig a whole nother, like, uh, Subterranean. Yeah. yeah. And who knows how far deep you can dig. And where else are you going to put another cherry factory? Yeah. Listen. It's true. You know, he could go deeper if you want him to. <laughs> <laughs> like me, he could not go deeper. No. He hit the bedrock. Is there is there more to this? Is there oh, yeah. another sub-layer to this Arthur plot? We have, like, two more paragraphs. Okay. Three more paragraphs. Eight I wasn't more rushing you. It's just I, I feel like there's still some things left unresolved. Yeah. So basically, this all takes place, and so the basically the timeline is: bees were legalized in 2010. 2011 is when we had the red honey incident, 
And now in 2015 is when we have this raid on the factory. And so now we move on into 2016 and Arthur's two oldest daughters now operate the factory. They're fourth generation owners. Um, they feel like, you know, they need to basically step up and carry on the family legacy. And as part of that, they decide to sue the city um, for recklessness and negligence in the death of their father. Okay. Um, because they believe that the warrants that were obtained to search the factory were done so on illegitimate grounds, because if they were looking for the, you know, illegal wastewater dumping, why would they have even found double life of dad? And so basically, like, the judge who got that lawsuit was like, this is the stupidest shit I've ever heard, threw it out. And so their lawyer was like, hey, like, I'm going to file up an appeal, like, you guys do have grounds to sue because if the DA had done any of their research, they would have known he was licensed to carry a weapon. They maybe would have approached things differently, brought him in for questioning, handled things better, and maybe Arthur wouldn't have died. Um, and then, unfortunately, this was not the only lawsuit that came out of this whole situation because not only were they trying to sue the city, they were being sued by their dad's sister, their aunt, because she was only given a very small portion of the family factory in dad's will and felt like she was being edged out. And so she lost her marbles on them, started suing them. Then their grandma started suing them because she also feel like she was gypped in the whole situation. Like it honestly, it sounds like what would happen in my family if my parents died. Like I look forward to this. Yeah, it's like a, it's a roadmap for you. Exactly. And so, like, his sister basically just ignored his last words of take care of my kids. And she was like, fuck you guys. Like, I want more money. I want to have, you know, more stake in the company. And they were just like, no, we're not doing that. Like, ma'am, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> exactly. We serve alligators here. <laughs> <laughs> and so then, you know, they had the lawsuit with their grandma, who was upset because she had a car that she had been driving she had a company-provided car over the last 50 years, and they were like, hey, that's not in the budget anymore. And she was like, well, screw you, lawsuit. Because that's how we handle things I in a family. There's a company car for the cherry factory? <laughs> yes! <laughs> was she a, a salesperson? Or? It's a company Royce. She was, she was grandma. Just she, take care of grandma? Yeah. And she had little uh, cherry air fresheners hanging from the rear view just to send the message. <laughs> they were actually cherry-scented fuzzy dice, John. Oh, sorry. I'm so stupid. So fucking That's what stupid. he also refers to his testicles as, so. Cherry fuzzy dice? Yeah. <laughs> cherry-scented fuzzy dice, yes. Dip them in your mouth. <laughs> I'm not an alligator. <laughs> <laughs> So they're dealing with these lawsuits, and then their lawyer had basically said, I'm going to file this appeal against the city. The only problem was he was caught up in this, like, kidnapping scandal, was then in jail when the appeal deadline was, and then was disbarred. Like, pro-choice in lawyers. Wild. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I'll just give you this one. That's all true. Like, this dude <laughs> still can't practice law. Like... And his story, I could have taken more time to pull it up, but, like, the allegations against that man were insane. 
Yeah, it doesn't sound like he was practicing the law in his private life or public <laughs> life either. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, so basically, they get through all the lawsuits. Um, a year after Arthur's death, the factory staff continue the tradition of the annual barbecue that like, was his pride and joy. Every year he took care of all his employees. He fed them. Um, they spent time reminiscing about all of the things that he had done and how generous he was. Um, the daughters were quoted as saying that, like, I wish my dad had just, like, even left a pair of cufflinks for us so we didn't have to run the factory, but this is all we have left of him, so we have to run the factory. Because his life was so separate from theirs other than working, he lived with his girlfriend, he had, like, his own car that he never really drove to the factory. Like, it was very separate so the fact that they well, yeah because he had his rolls royces <laughs> and bentley's and stuff that he drove through the secret you know batman entrance that he had to drive through a fucking waterfall in order to get to. i was gonna say waterfall don't forget the ramps ramps yeah true mm-hmm. you get the dukes of hazard in and out of that fucking cave i'm just in my head i'm like if this sounds like a criminal conspiracy like you would have assumed that there would have been some sort of seizure on the property so the factory even running it kind of strains credulity. Well, you forget that he has an encyclopedic knowledge. Of <laughs> no, he just has an encyclopedia. That's... <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have any knowledge anymore. That, that was left on the bathroom floor. Uh, it's just lying there on the floor there. Oh, the old Cobain approach. I, I mean, <laughs> we all don't pack a 12-gauge sandwich for lunch, but but when, no, you, when do, you do, and the cops find your 24,000-square-foot pot factory underneath your legitimate factory, what you're saying it's is time to eat it. He's having difficulty focusing. His thoughts are scattered. <laughs> oh, yep. <laughs> Uh, to your point, though, Shane, they're actually they did end up get, being slapped with, I believe it was like one point two million dollars worth of fines. Um, the cars were seized. The marijuana was seized. Obviously, okay. they took all of his possessions. Yeah, I was going to say, if that doesn't scream intent to distribute, I do not know what does. <laughs> exactly. Oh man, that's all medicinal for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I got the glaucoma. <laughs> but essentially. The only thing that was left was the factory. And even from the factory, they had to pay these fines. Um, So basically, they reminisce. They say, this is all we have left of dad. But what about the bees? What happened to the bees? That's all I care Nobody about. Nobody cares because bees are terrible things and they don't They attacked the barbecue. <laughs> they got their final revenge. Um, Well, basically, the bee community of New York was just heartbroken to hear about the fate of Arthur, who had spent money of his own to protect their bees, to stop the red honey. They were so sad. Uh, the original beekeeper from our story, um, Ceres Mayo, um, the beekeeper, uh, she basically said um, how hard it must have been to carry all the weight he had been um, and to deal with it all. I even saw some follow-up stories that seemed to be blaming his death on the bees. That's crazy. The bees were just behaving like bees. It's all and, the bees' fault. <laughs> and that's, that's the bees killed him. That's the conspiracy. Can you also imagine just the overwhelming scent of patchouli that would be awake that these beekeepers threw for for Arthur? Like all of these beekeepers just congregated in one area. God, it would smell. Who's patchouli? 
Uh, it's my aunt. Oh, okay. Oh. She has a mustache. Sounds like a lovely I thought one. Your, I thought your aunt was Pat McCrotch. <laughs> She's Irish, right? <laughs> she is Irish. You know okay. It. Well, I have a couple stabs at lies, if that was the end of your yeah. presentation. Yes? I had to end okay. on that quote. It was perfect. Yes. So, um, stab one. Were the bees actually glowing at any point? I understand that they would have changed a their color, hue, but... But not glow in the dark. There were reports that the bees at, at sunset actually looked like they were glowing, like fireflies. Okay. Gotcha. It really All is right. a wish right um, now. <laughs> the bartenders coming up with drink specials based on the new honey is that, that bullshit that's bullshit okay all right uh and then is there actually a beekeeper association of which this individual was the head or self-appointed head <laughs> since there was no name it's a little yes Actually, he was, and he has gone on to, he does a lot of different, um, like, bee removal. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, a, a bona fide bee expert at this point. So, yeah, no, okay. that was that was legit. All right. <laughs> but well, well done uh, with the cocktails, though. Very good. Okay. It's, uh, it was, uh, you know, it seemed a little on the nose, given our clientele here. Uh, but, okay. Well, that's what stood out to me as I was thinking back on the course of the presentation. Nice. Other than them apparating fucking automobiles underground. Right. <laughs> that always confused me with the uh, like sitcoms that had that same setup where it's like they put a car inside of someone's dorm room. It's like, so did you literally disassemble? Is the joke that you disassemble the whole car and reassemble it piece by fucking piece in the next room? So is that what they had to do to get your Rolls Royce? Down into your magic murder cave? <laughs> I mean, potentially, I, I'm i a little bit hesitant to say it was necessarily attached to the basement. There was really no confirming of that. And then it may have been somewhere in the area nearby. Mm. But I didn't do any further research on that. It I wasn't concede, featured oh, okay. in the Marijuana Underground. Right. Right. Well, I will concede, if you are growing that much product... You know, because I, I haven't read an encyclopedia on drugs, but I have seen shows about them. Um, I would imagine there's a service elevator. You know, if they're taking quantity, mm. you know, if, if there's that much, like you have to have a way to transport it a little more quickly. Well, uh, and it's a factory, too. So if you can imagine, you know, like where semis would back in to take the product and drive away, it's potential yeah. that there was some kind of garage set up there as well. Has the kind of Breaking Bad feel to it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. Uh, last thing. Did they have that much cash on hand when they raided? 130000 Really? Yeah. What? Hmm. Uh, there's something about uh, putting eggs in you know, the same basket that you would assume would have been contained in that encyclopedia <laughs> that he had on hand. I just... Like you pointed out, Shane, he didn't read it. He just had it. <laughs> He's the... Uh, the RICO warrant there would be devastating. I imagine that it would have been set up very much the way Michael would set up an evil lair where everything's just kind of on display. And you're like, this is really stupid. But Michael's like, I feel really great about my evil lair. These are my samurai swords. So like, here's my briefcase full of cash. Yeah. yeah just a bag of hammers. <laughs> and over here, you'll see my friend Kevin, the drug sniffing dog. <laughs> Looks up on the table. 
<laughs> nose completely powdered. Holy shit, a dog that can talk. If you've done as much coke as I have, you'd be able to talk too. <laughs> I, I just envision him as like the dogs where people are like, oh, it's cutie dog. He's like, Oh, Kevin. All right. Well, what other lies do we have here? Unless you gentlemen have another stab here. No, I have nothing. So I told you the bees turned orange. No. They turned bright red, like cough syrup red. Oh, Oh, that makes more sense. They basically, the membrane that they carry the nectar in gives them that yellow color. And so when it was filled with high fructose corn syrup and red dye number 40, bees were red. They went insane in that membrane? <laughs> exactly. Mm. Um, like you mentioned, the cocktails, bars, and even the idea that customers were really excited to taste the honey was a lie, um, mainly because the honey tasted horrendous. Um, it, oh. it was described as being cloyingly sweet and metallic tasting. Oh. Mm. And also huh. watery. So... Hmm. Not good. Um, I had told you that Arthur's family had emigrated from Spain. They had emigrated from Italy. That was a cheap shot. But I thought that by including that Italian liqueur, uh, that you might catch that one. That was a good one. That that No, that was a good one. It's, you know, it's kind of akin to, like, there are fireworks going off, and then you threw a firecracker on the ground. <laughs> I didn't quite shift my attention downward. That one was kind of cheap. I will give you that. I didn't put any in lists, though, this time. I decided to be a little more creative. You're refining your methods, and I appreciate yeah. that. And the last one was that it was not a trap door. Um, there was actually a false wall behind the shelves. So they literally pushed through the wall like a secret bookcase. Uh, second I heard cellar door, my, my brain spiked, but... Okay, I was so more excited about the it sex It wasn't dungeon, underground, so. then? It actually was the basement, so it did push through to a then, fake wall, and then it was downstairs, but it was not a trap door. Okay. Tell Jonah if he doesn't shut up, I'm gonna fuck him. That's what, That's Kyrie. Hold on. Tell Kyrie if she doesn't shut up, I'm gonna fuck her. She's, she's digging in her kennel for God knows why. Well, you know, gotta get to that good coke. She heard that it was, you know, you had to go through the false floor in order to get down to the drugs. I did it for the drugs. And you know what? I was good at it. Do you know where your dog is at night? (laughs) The company that they keep? You may want to investigate that. What kind of secrets has your dog cried into the night? Furthermore, what about the dog day afternoons? I feel like the real victim in this whole story is Kevin. I agree. It is. That, it's it's like the Serpico story all over. I feel we need to have a documentary. Do you want to start like a Homeward GoFundMe Bound. for Kevin? I would. <laughs> Let's have Gal Coke and Kevin go on a, a trip to try to get her into the NFL. <laughs> I would watch that movie. Kevin's her I sports would. agent. <laughs> Even if it was subbed and not dubbed, I'd still watch it. Rope me, rope me. <laughs> 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 Galrilla just signing show me the money <laughs> you see uh, Martin Scorsese uh, basically just shitting over how we approach movies and TV lately this happened I think yesterday or the day before 
Scorsese seems to like he turned into the old man screaming at the sky now where he's like Marvel movies aren't real cinema. I love it though cuz he he shits on con- like he calls it content as opposed to film. Okay. <laughs> and that's what us talking about Kevin and Galrilla sounds like is like a content generated movie that fuck you you'll watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh as opposed to you know, the art house version where Kevin is struggling in New York. He's driving a taxi cab because he got fired from the canine unit. And, uh, you know, he slowly loses his mind. Mm-hmm. And he practices speeches in front of a mirror. I'm, you know, I'm, Coke. I'm not going to disparage uh, Marty Scorsese because I, I love his work. And the man is a certifiable genius. But, I mean, he is fairly rote. Uh, I, there are always going to be very long steady cam shots in his films after a while. It's like, you know, change it up a little bit, Marty. You don't have to do the same. Oh, let's do a montage of the exact same type of music floating down a hallway with a camera in front of some people that are doing some interesting stuff like unloading and loading things onto or off of trucks. <laughs> cool. It's only the eighth goddamn movie that you've done this in, Marty. I get it. Organized crime likes to swindle things that are stored in large containers. Cool. While we're tangential, or like, not tangential, while we're on this topic, you know what broke my brain when I when I saw it? And I, I didn't dive, dive deeper into it, because I'm not Michael and I can't go deeper even if I'm asked to. <laughs> um, it's obviously a, a previs software or pre-visualization software, mm-hmm. like for as it's used in Marvel movies, and then I... I because it's topical to me, uh, like Lord of the Rings, yeah, um, where they practice shots, mm-hmm. like they make digital renderings of the scene, like a like a storyboarding, but yeah. you know, a little more, um, you know, full spectrum, you know, like the intermediary be- intermediary between the storyboard and the actual physical. Well, shooting. Yeah, so I, yeah, because some... you can practice camera shots and things like that. Yeah, I saw some okay. crazy shit where they put some previs from Marvel movies next to the finished shot. And it was people with the argument of like, well, I can imagine now why some directors wouldn't really want to be involved on a Marvel movie or be involved in that world if it, everything is so meticulously planned 10 years or five five to eight years out where it's like you can go in there and you can direct and you can help people get better performances and you know give context and deep dive through it but you're taking some of some of the fun away by being like this is 100 percent what it has to look like Mm -hmm. so make it look like this yeah you're not so much a director than a coordinator at that point which which if we want to you know put a little bow on it where i can kind of see marty marty scorsese's point where you know at least he likes the shot of the truck you know, like that's his decision in every movie hey, listen, is to have the unloading like the montage. Um, it was just great the first least... four times I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> but at least he has like the artistic liberty to be able to be like, you know what? Yeah, this is the fourth movie. I'm doing it. But fuck it. I like to do it. And I'm old as fuck. I don't have many years left. <laughs> I want to see how many times I can do it before I croak. <laughs> James Gunn is like the uh, that meme, the. Uh, yes mistress or whatever the fuck it is michael you're you're the meme expert (laughs) where it's like come here and play this game and it's like the the downtrodden like wrinkled dried out drooping face where it's like yes yes mistress (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. i know i know i know the reference james gun the the production crew going all right james time for you to make another movie and he's like okay (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, speaking of, uh, you know, generating things, uh, content as opposed to cinema, I believe, unless I am gravely mistaken, next week's episode is going to be me discussing a film which is most certainly purely content, Tusk. Yes! And we'll talk about its generation and, and all of this nonsense. And so from a I'm gentleman gonna... who did not want to make Marvel movies or anything that involved that amount of setup, Mr. Kevin Smith, you will see what he did as an alternative to that, which is chasing whimsy and then just vomiting things onto screens. I would highly recommend that all of you watch the movie. I don't know if Shane would rather you wait until after the episode. I, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to ask that. Yeah. A part of the uh, episode was going to be either, and feel free to cut this, Michael. Uh, I'll even snap you if you need it. <laughs> but um, whether or not we wanted to include a description of the plot in addition to the periphery stuff, because I have oh, one written up. I, I, I think plot's fun. Yes, for a lot of the movie review YouTubers that I watch, um, they do. They start with a plot because then that helps give a lot of context mm-hmm. uh, to to the explanations and all that stuff and the you know, deep dives and everything. So I I agree that a plot would be uh, a good. All right. Start. Well, then that will be included. So no, do not watch the movie until we have completed the Fantastic. the run of the film because it won't suffer from you having you know heard some of these things before you see them. Oh man, I, I wish that we all, all of us had had the vaccine because I feel like it would be such a good amount of fun just to be in the same room to watch this movie together. I mean, we can always do that in the future. We can do it in the future just for sure. Just because we or... do an episode of it doesn't mean that it won't be funny to watch it for the first time anyway. Mm-hmm. I, it is my sincere hope that at the very least, uh, October this year can have a lot more in-person uh, viewings of some of the terrible things that we've watched. Well, depending on whether we've edited out or in... At this point, I think it would almost be more fun based on an experience I had with a, a bandmate of ours uh, is we can all see Tusk independently of one another and then we can watch Yoga Hosers as a collective oh, because Christ. for those who love a bad B film and there are several who are on the call here that I'm looking right at uh, y- Yoga Hosers is most certainly much promise- further down the rabbit hole than Tusk is. I promised myself I would never watch that movie again, but so did I. I would watch it again for you guys. I'm willing to Aww. suffer for our art. Oh, that's so sweet. Because <laughs> you can see the Bratzies. <laughs> oh, Jesus Kevin. Christ. Um, yes, yeah. yeah, well, I'm down. I wish also that I could convince Becky to rewatch Tusk because we have the uh, this episode coming up next week. But I think she is so... I. She's a very strong woman, and she'll beat me. No, um, when you she's made the... her mind up, she's made her mind up, and there is a immovable force. Um, go ahead. You did claim, though, that she said she was never going to play Super Smash Brothers with you again. And here I am, fapping to her. And really... you had a mediocre OnlyFans yeah. because of it. It is so mediocre. I need to, need to cancel that before I forget. <laughs> Michael, hurry up and put yeah. out better content for John. I need there to be drool. I need there to be penetration for obvious reasons. So he has um, to put like uh, thumbtacks in his feet. <laughs> honestly, uh, any form of penetration 
six okay, to midnight. Okay, so uh, here's Michael cleaning his yep, ears with a Q-tip. <laughs> yep, that does it for me. All uh, right. Sex is a spectrum. That's what I've learned over the past year and a half or two. Yeah, and you're um, autistic. <laughs> <laughs> you see, shame, sex is like an ocean. I'm drowning in it. Is that why you're named Johnny Dolphin? <laughs> Oh, wait, Becky Courtney. is East. <laughs> Courtney, that topic took me by surprise, and that was a good amount of fun. I wanted to make sure that I said that before we derailed further off of the point. But Yes, true that. that I did not expect. Uh, that, that was a journey. Quite a lot of yes. twists and turns. Like the flight of a bee, in fact. Mm-hmm. No, that was actually, most of that was a surprise to me. So I had only heard, like, the bees and then, like, the secret marijuana. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And, like, the more you got into it, the more it was like, holy shit. Like, I could do a whole episode on, like, the lawyer that worked for the girls that ended up in his own legal trouble. Like, it was just not a good situation. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. I thought it was a really fun story. Indeed. In the words of Richard Edwards, beekeeper is nothing like you. I was wondering how long it would take to get that reference in there. Mm -hmm. Well, all right. I'm nothing if not predictable. As I have is a vinyl this alone. show's schedule. <laughs> no, you do not get to disrupt my segue. <laughs> so <laughs> you can find us all over the place because we are generating content that will make Marty Scorsese roll over in his goddamn grave. And I guarantee he's probably got a shot planned for it. But... Uh, every single Marvelous Monday, this podcast flees from your preferred provider app, so you can find us wherever you'd like. And if you're enjoying what you've heard today, you should give us a little, uh, you know, rate and review. And by the way, subscribe, because it helps us out. But, uh, you know, if you're on iTunes in particular, everybody gets all worked up into an uproar over that particular feed. But also on the tubes of you, or that's YouTube for the neophytes out there, uh, <laughs> we have got shows every Wednesday and Friday where we give you both fan fiction content for Wednesdays and a disinformed after dark, which is our little decompression video cast we do post show to sort of discuss what occurred this week and then delve into occasionally problematic Chuck Klosterman hypotheticals, which are a lot of fun. So you can find us there Wednesdays and Fridays, 10 a.m. Mountain Time for all of you fabulous folks. Also, we have got social networks that you need to avoid like the plague. And let me tell you how to properly identify them. Firstly, Instagram, which actually has an array of original content swinging its way every week, mostly, is mostly. disinformed podcast. There's an at in front of it, I'm fairly certain. Mm -hmm. Also, if you want to avoid our bland bot-generated content on the Twitters, we are at DisinformedPod. And of course, there is nothing to upset your uncle or your grandmother more than Facebook.com slash DisinformedPodcast. So, please... Stray from those. Save your sanity and yourselves. And we're still, necessary. still running a two-for-one special. If you and your friend follow us on Instagram, we will send you Michael's address. And you can send whatever you want to Michael's house. Big red bees. Whatever you want. Anything. Anything. Got whatever. an old dildo? Send it to Michael. You were going to donate Got those a... panties to Goodwill? Send them to Michael's house. 
You got a dog you don't want Honestly, anymore? No, 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 send no. Send it no. to Michael's house. Don't don't send the panties to Michael's door. Make some money instead. <laughs> you know, sell, sell it on Reddit. I'm just imagining the stepdaughter running around now holding the dildo going, Dildo, that's not my dildo. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Ew, Janice. <laughs> Ew, Janice. I'm going to my butthole. It's like a dildo transplant. <laughs> they call that just regular... Never mind. Uh, <laughs> oh, yikes. We're going to kill this before Hi, it spreads. Just like Michael should have. And uh, we hope you have all enjoyed this week's uh, stumbling, bumbling, rumbling, and buzzing episode. It has been a lot of fun for all of us. And please go forth and pollinate on your own. But for we here at the Disinformed Podcast, I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. So long and good bees. <sighs> so long and fucking good night. Oh, no, no, no. <sighs> I'm sorry. I misspoke. So long and good dog. <laughs> good boy. Oh, you're a good boy.